Hello, hello, hello. This is Samir Azizi speaking. Welcome to Azizi Podcast. Hello to my fans from Kazakhstan. Hello to my listeners from Canada. Hello to my listeners from United States. Today is June 12th, 2021. And uh, last time I spoke to you was last month when I was in the hotel quarantine after my amazing trip to Kazakhstan. Just to give you a quick uh, recap, so basically I finished it in two days, the quarantine, and then I spent the rest of my 14-day quarantine in uh, in my apartment, in my building, in my condo. And so it wasn't that bad, it was pretty cool. Um, so it was pretty easy, not the first time. But yeah, but overall this is going to be a quick one, just wanted to check in with everyone. Um, hopefully everyone's doing fine. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. Don't forget to check out my Instagram at a double Z and all the other social networks as well. Uh, for example, Twitter, but yeah, just wanted to say that I'm, I'm alive and, uh, everything is good and the weather in Canada is finally fantastic. And yesterday was the first day when the patios are open. That's like the, the two favorite things f- during summer in Canada, in, in Ontario. It's patio and cottage. Cottage and patio. Everyone likes to go to cottage. Have you been to cottage? I'm going to go cottage and stuff like that. So anyways, I've never been to cottage, but I kind of want to go. But yeah, it was like exciting. You know, I was uh, going, walking around with my buddy around downtown Toronto and uh, everyone was just like... All the women were just so beautiful, you know, like you could see like it, it was like a prom night or something. Everyone was like just dressed up. The guys kind of didn't care, but the, the girls were just like all in and, and I'm 100% supporting that. So that was awesome. Um, what else? Yeah, it's just like food everywhere. The smells is like, wow, like that's probably and it's not it's, it's like pretty much 50% capacity, right? What Toronto can do. But like this is like, oh, like, this is how Toronto should feel, you know, like, a party and festivals, and, like, everyone's just so happy, uh, very little people, um, wear masks and stuff like that, so it's pretty cool, so I really enjoyed, you know, walking around and checking it out, unfortunately, I didn't go to any patio because I don't, uh, I'm on a strict diet during the weekdays, so today is actually my cheat day, <laughs> but what I've chosen for my cheat day today is that yesterday I really felt like peanut butter. I don't know, I just really wanted peanut butter, so I bought a jar of peanut butter today. And uh, yeah, I'm just like getting this peanut butter jelly time for like, I don't know, I ate too much. I'm like barely like making it right now. But hopefully, I don't know, people say that I'm going to break out. So like, goodbye, goodbye, beautiful skin, I guess. Anyways, boring stuff. But this is pretty much what's happening in my life. You know, everything else is the same, working from home. Oh, I got this amazing umbrella on my patio. It's just like, oh my God, it's just so cool to sit there. The only thing is that I'm lazy to do, to like to go there right now. I'd just rather be inside with my with my AC. Um, but yeah, what happened lately? Logan Paul fought Floyd Mayweather. It was an exhibition fight. I think it was eight rounds. The winner was not announced, but Logan Paul survived. And, you know, it's very exciting. Apparently, I don't know if that's true, but they say Floyd got 120 mil for that. I doubt there's 120 mils in that fight. But definitely people say Logan Paul got 20 million for that. Well, I don't know. I feel like 20 mil sounds reasonable with five, with what? One million pay-per-views, 50 bucks each. Well, Well, we have like 50 million. Yeah, and then they probably split something like 50-50, or maybe Logan got... I don't know, I was just speculating. But, yeah, definitely uh, people got some, some nice some nice uh, chunks of cash on this fight. And there's a lot of speculation, well, there's a lot of, like, debate, like, whether it's good for boxing or it's bad for boxing. My personal opinion, and I'm going to go on record here, 
there's like two things for me. There's either no relation to boxing at all and boxing will not be affected because it's not like boxing is this like organic thing that is happening and all of that. Like boxing is so structured and so controlled by different fractions like bodies, commissioner bodies, like all the, the, the alphabets and the promoters and all of that. It's just like there's no like good or bad for boxing. It's, this is the first. So like it's nothing. It's going to do nothing for boxing. And my second opinion, if it do something for boxing, it will probably just do good for boxing. Because a lot of fans of the sport think that somehow boxing is a zero-sum industry. Like if there's like some stupid fight's going to happen, then, oh my God, everyone's going to like, whoa, we don't like boxing anymore. We're not going to watch it. It's not a serious sport. That will never happen, okay? Like someone, some, some famous guy said like boxing is like, we will never die as a sport. It will probably go through some stupid stuff, but it will never die. And so, if anything, I personally think it makes... It's good for boxing. First of all, like, the for example, the Triller fights or Logan Paul or Jake Paul fights, they they actually introduced a platform for actual professional boxers to be on the undercard. And, yeah, you can say, like, well, they have to be, like, main event or whatever. But, hey, it could have been no platform, but there's one additional boxing platform. So... You know, just for them, strictly, um, you know, the whole thing enabled uh, professional boxing on that undercard to earn extra cash on those fights. Also, because there's more platforms right now, aka promotions and all of that, uh, for example, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Triller, and um, which is the other one? I don't know. Let's just pretend that I said like a couple good ones. The fact that there is more diversification of platforms on the market for the sport of boxing means that there's a better competition between these platforms and they has they have to they have to offer better conditions and better terms for the athletes that will be fighting on their platforms so for fighters it's actually a good thing if anything if there's thriller times three that's even better the more platforms we have and the more like diversify the whole field is the better it is for us for viewers because they will have to compete for our eyes and it's better for the athletes because they you know the platforms will have to compete for their uh, contracts um, there was like one podcast I think some someone discussed that okay like maybe fighters shouldn't sign like multiple year contracts each contract should be one by one fight so that after each fight they can switch platforms and negotiate more and more i think like it's been in the, in the past it was like well there's only showtime and hbo sports and some like whatever espn or whoever was showing those fights i'm not like a historian but it was like a very like limited supply of platforms so the uh, mentality was like if you will sign for multiple year contract you sort of got them on the gotcha like no matter the fight no matter how you perform you have multiple years so like and i understand that we still have that in professional sports but the thing is, promoters and managers and everyone else treat boxing as a fight-by-fight event, like sport, like on a single-fight basis. So it's like we always promote the fights like it's the last fight ever, right? And that's not me who said that, it's like someone else, but I'm stealing this. Like, yeah, like it's true. It's like there's not going to be any fights. And so, so because the industry treats a boxing fight like that, boxers themselves, the athletes, should treat their business like that as well. It's a fight-by-fight basis, you know, let's negotiate the first fight and then the second fight. The same, I mean, it happens with all the big boxers. Like, look at Canelo, look at Floyd. Like, there's a... But, the fact, yes, they're big stars, but the fact that we have more and more platforms and those celebrities are getting on that as well, it gives boxers an opportunity to also treat themselves as a 
um, as a separate entity, not just like a, a brand. Like you don't go to your managers like, yo, go go out there and get me like a five-year contract with Showtime or HBO or whatever. But, you know, boxers can say to their managers or to their promoters, like, hey, I want a, a good deal um, within the next six months or three months. And I want a deal like that. This is my standard. And I want four deals or maybe six deals within this year. So, and this is what I'm expecting to make. And go for it and do it. Do your best. And if you do your best, that's good. And if you don't do your best, that's not good. And if you don't do your best, maybe someone else can. Right? So, that's kind of like ideally, like in an, an ideal in, in an ideal world, that's how I see boxers dictate their conditions. But unfortunately, because boxers themselves, they don't have time to think about those things. They want security, they want stability, and they often feel like there's no leverage. Meaning like, well, if I'm not going to sign, someone else will sign. So this is where I think um, the problem is, is that boxers are just, just like, you know, this saying like golden contract, golden contract. Like they just want to get that contract and get it over with. But instead, I feel like if if we could just maybe, uh, I don't want to say educate or whatever. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's just giving them some sort of a uh, path, you know like a path to glory, path to success, or how do you should how you should look at your career and what do you represent? Because finding a really good talent is very difficult. And yes, we have a lot of journeymen or just boxers who just like let's say just fight for or quick cash. But if you're really like a talent, like, you know, people talk about Zander Zayas, you know. I don't know about Zander Zayas. Maybe he's a talent, maybe he's not. But, like, some good people say that he's a good talent. So if you're, if you're as a boxer, being recognized as, as a talent, then at least you have to use that as your leverage, I think. And pressure, and again, I'm not talking like, I'm not saying you should, like, go out there and, like, you know, yell at Bob Arum or something. But you have to make, you want to make sure you, t- you talk to your manager in the right way, you know, because you're the boss manager works for you he is not managing you he manages your business and so just giving those conditions to to that person you know like hey i'm a talent look at this article look at like the ring magazine like and you know comments from like i don't know like doug fisher or mike montero whatever like yeah i'm being recognized you know this is my like or like i mean i'm not even talking if you have like an extended amateur career and you're an olympian you know no matter like gold medal silver medal or you simply went into olympics you're automatically a blue chip in my eyes. So it's just important that um, that the boxers pressuring their promoters and their managers in the right way, like my personal opinion, uh, whereas like there's certain KPIs, and uh, it's for, for those who don't know, like check out, but K- KPIs is basically that here's a metric, like I want that amount of money, I want this amount of fights by this, uh, by this date and all of that, so just like make sure you're like being very precise about um I don't know very precise about your goals I guess and to make sure that everyone on your team is on the same page. I don't know why I just kind of like went into this freaking rant about boxing management like I'm some sort of a freaking boxing management PhD. I know nothing. I'm like an outsider almost, a little bit of an inside but pretty much outside. But like that's what I like after like watching the boxing for so long uh and by so long I mean like since 2013 and then being very close to it since 2018 I'm like I'm, I'm looking at it I'm looking I'm just like okay there's certain things that needs to be done I feel like but I mean I'm, I'm not the first one and I'm not the last one who proposes that like I'm, I'm really looking forward to see 
what kind of moves will be done in the next five years. See, unfortunately, we're in Canada here. And uh, it sucks, you know, I know Canadian boxers and they are, um, you know, they're, they're very sad because there's nothing's happening in Canada, right? And uh, time's flying and everything's closed down. But I am, I am hearing some conversations that, you know, boxing will might as well come to Canada at some point. And when I say Canada, like we're talking Toronto. Toronto is the richest region, right? Toronto is the city. Toronto is like the market. The problem of this market is that there's not a lot of boxing fans, but it's not really true. Uh, I've been to matches here in the Greater Toronto area. People come to see fights. It's just certain people. But that's uh, that's the thing about boxing. It's a marginal sports. It's for uh, certain like it's a niche sport. So it's uh, it's a for niche uh, fans as well. So yeah, there are people here. I mean, maybe it's gonna be a little tough to like get like uh, Scotiabank Arena filled out. But honestly, depends on the fight, and depends on the promotion. What Toronto has to offer is Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. MLSE infrastructure that includes Raptors and, you know, football games, uh, soccer and all that. So, like, if the right deal is made, you know, certain facilities, everything can be, like, working accordingly and the rest needs to be under the promotion. And so, I would say, if a super fight, if, for example, example, I don't know, some Joshua will say, like, I want to come to Canada. And Tyson Fury will be like, all right, mate, let's go. And we have, like, a... It's like the three in Manila kind of situation, right? We go and go to to Canada, um, to Ontario, to Scotia Banker. And I bet you, I bet you, all the British will come here, no problem. It's easier for them to come to Toronto than it is to Dubai, in my opinion. I don't know. There's probably no visa or whatever, but I just like, I just culturally or whatever, I feel like Toronto is like perfect for for the Brits to come. Uh, if we're talking like a British flight, right? So what's the flight there? Flight is like six hours. Six hour flight, boom, you're in Toronto, got yourself a hotel, you booked some trips, you went to like Niagara Falls to like do some wine tasting, you get drunk with your buddies, you watch the fight, you're just like all super stoked. Arena is amazing. We have like three arenas here, you know, like we have an outdoor stadium, we have this baseball stadium, I forgot how it's called, and we have the freaking Scotiabank Arena, and we have a bunch of other things. But it's like, so it's like location-wise... Toronto is not bad at all. Like it's kind of like New York location-wise. Like internationally, Toronto and New York is the same thing in terms of like fans getting like abroad, especially. But it's even better. I don't know. I feel like some, somehow like I feel like stuff is cheaper in Toronto. You can pay your staff less if you're like a foreign organizer. So it's just a matter of sports commission here. It's a matter of like conversations, making a deal, but. When I'm hearing people say, like, yeah, boxing is not going to work out in Toronto, I'm like, I, I get what you're coming from. Like, I understand. Like, box, there's no, like, a boxing boxing culture. However, there is a lot of boxing culture. People like boxing. from But, but they like it from, like, a, like an average... How I always judge whether the fight was successful or not. If, like, if, if, if an average, like, let's like say, like, I don't know, girl named Stacy, like, I don't know, a.k.a. Caucasian female, like, heard about this fight, then, like... That means, you know, the promotion is very good because this is, like, the least, the least uh, segment of population who is interested in such thing, unfortunately. Of course, I want boxing to be interested by all people, to be interesting for all people. But, like, that's, that's what I'm hearing when I'm hearing about Mayweather fight, Pacquiao fight, Canelo, Triple G. It's like Stacy talks about, you know, quote-unquote, the imaginary, imaginary person. So, yeah, 
But there's like a lot of people who would be down to go to a fight. It's fun. It's fun. Just it's fun to to, to freaking go to a boxing match. I remember I was working at uh, the Cali Foundation like back in Los Angeles, and I brought my coworkers who are PhD scientists, your neuro, I don't know, astrophysicists and stuff like that, and like the staff members of the foundation, and I like bought them tickets uh, uh, for uh, like ringside, you know, at the, th- the Tom Loeffler's 360 promotions. Uh, Hollywood fight nights and they were just like so um, shocked but at the same time like their primal feelings kicked in and and it was so fun to see them getting into boxing so no matter what they say no matter like UFC no UFC it's like like you know MMA is better or whatever boxing is still very exciting it's just a matter of I don't know bringing it to the public and that's why I think Logan Paul Jake Paul all the YouTube stars all the like Tyson fights and all of that it's so good for boxing because ultimately when critics talk about boxing and how like all these YouTube fights are not good for it, they're basically saying that, oh, because of them, we look like clowns. But that's not true. Because of them, people are starting to get interested. Like, oh, I want to be inside and see the fight. I want to like check it out. I want to go to that event, you know, and then I want to see the real pros doing it. You know, I don't know. I just... It's very hard, like, it's very hard for me to recognize downside for YouTube boxing, for, like, exhibition fights. It's really hard for me to recognize. So, again, on the record, I'm saying exhibition fights, YouTube fights, fights that are not serious but are very popular and gaining a lot of attractions are good for boxing. That's, like, my personal opinion, and I'm not convinced otherwise. I do not buy any sort of arguments that say that it's bad for boxing. So, I don't know, just for me. Anyways, my point is is that Toronto is pretty good. It's, it's There's a good potential here. Plus, we have Montreal, and Montreal is the capital of boxing, in my opinion, uh, in, ca- in Canada. But, t- personally, I think Toronto is better location-wise. Mm. Again, I'm just, it's my opinion, I don't know much about Montreal. But I've been there once, and I'm thinking, yeah, they have some arenas and all that. You know, those gutty, gutty fights, but... Toronto just has that sport culture, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, if you're, you're probably not a boxing promoter if you're listening to this podcast, but you probably, in one way or another, uh, know some big guys in boxing. So, I guess this this is just for you. I'm just trying to plant a seed in your mind that Canada is a player. And the point is here is just, first of all, of course, because of the lockdown, it cannot be a player right now. But long-term, it is a player. And I'm hearing Match Romans talking about it. Uh, and I think I heard um, Tal Prang as well talking about it. But yeah, it's going to take a lot of money. You know, you have to like take take a, take a risk. But with the venture capital money that we have right now, for example, with Triller, for for example, with... Um, what's the other platform? I forgot, like this other ones too. You know, those platforms are not just some promoters like getting, like trying to get some cash. It's... it's freaking people in the Silicon Valley tries to figure out how to get more subscribers. This is a subscription game. It's an OTT slash subscription game. There's nothing like... It's not the same as like, okay, like we're a network, we need to like, we need certain pay-per-views and all that. Yeah, pay-per-views are good, but it's not about this pay-per-view. It's about will you actually take the second pay-per-view? Will you do subscription, do the pay-per-view, but will you watch other content? Can we have you on board, like we had this thriller acquisition of Fight Hub, not Fight Hub, um, 
what is that fight tv or something like that and uh that's a huge one you know it's it's a very smart one of them i downloaded the fight app and uh yeah they had great content interface amazing amazing interface in terms of like tv apps so that's that was a steal that was a huge acquisition i don't know how they think they bought it for like a bill or something i don't know but yeah it's a it's a great um it's a great platform oh also like shout out to ring city they're doing some good stuff too i really like their stuff Elon Redkowski is a genius. Um, I really miss his podcast. But yeah, there you go. You have Ring City. And if some venture capitalists were smart, because I'm, I mean, I'm assuming CNBC or was, was the MSNBC are smart and they're just, you know, will transfer the whole thing to Peacock, which is a huge conflict. Ring City can be such a huge content creator. It's crazy. And obviously, like, I don't see them getting a lot of funding right now. Otherwise, we'd be freaking seeing fights every week. But... The things that are showing right now, uh, how they're working and like several fights, it's amazing. So if MSNBC are smart, they actually, they would invest in that. They wouldn't invest in Ring City USA. But if not, then I bet you there's some guy in Silicon Valley or, or gal that think, all right, we have this amazing content, extremely underpriced. Let's swipe it, like swip it. Let's just buy it and like create our own OTT app and sell it, like package it really well you know, level up the freaking production value and everything and yada, 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 and then package it, repackage and sell it to some other one. Like, oh, so much money in this thing. You wouldn't even, you couldn't believe how much money is in there. Like when people argue about 20 million, 20 million dollars is nothing, nothing. 20 billion dollars. That's what I'm talking about. 20 million is nothing. Like whenever you're talking about like, oh, fighters get 20 million. Yeah. Okay. 20, like it's good. Yeah, that's not any fighter in boxing does it, but we're talking billions of dollars. And that's why it's very sad to talk about UFC fighters because UFC fighters, they don't even dream about those millions. They're like, oh, give me give me $90,000. Oh, and bonus if I do good. Jesus, so, so sad. Hopefully something is going to be uh, done about it. I mean, no, I don't want to like stab or whatever through a jab at UFC. UFC is a great product, but it's, uh, I mean, it's an elephant in the room. You look at the boxers, and they're getting millions of dollars, you know, the top-notch boxers. But, like, you are the top-notch UFC fighter and you get $200,000 and you're supposed to feel good about it and anything. What they can say, like, well, at least you have a contract. You're, like, an employee and stuff. Like, so you can have, like, five fights for sure while the boxer... Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, fighters need to get paid more. I just watched the Euro... Uh, what is that? Denmark versus Finland. And the guy just collapsed on the field, you know. And not, he's not even fighting. He just collapsed. Luckily, he's doing well, it looks like. But imagine being a boxer in the ring. Imagine being a UFC fighter and taking blows to the head and being paid, what, $200,000 and people complaining that that's already too much. Are you crazy? You're training for a year. You need to, like, eat, put yourself through all this trauma, all this physical stuff, all the diet, what, $200,000 a year? $200,000 a year. It's like some freaking 25-year-old in Silicon Valley does it. Like, it's not like, come on. So, Yeah. Yeah, it needs to be, it needs to be 13, whatever. Uh, it needs to be like eight figures, nine figures. Yeah. Anyways, nine figures, 10 figures, 11 figures. But um, yeah, point is Canada has infrastructure. Canada has people. Canada has money, purchasing power. Our purchasing power in Toronto is crazy. People got money there, especially after this pandemic. We saved so much cash. We have so much government money on hand. 
oh, people need to spend it somewhere. And right now, if you have opened like a cool spot or a restaurant, I get, I bet you're getting some cool cash. But we'll see. I'm not going to go jump into it right now. Yeah, Euro, man. Euro 2020, 2021. It's pretty pretty good. Like, I like it. I hope that that guy is doing well right now. Sports, man. I think I'm going to stop here. I feel like I gave a little bit of my thoughts on boxing right now. And I feel like I don't want to talk about more stuff. Because I think that's like a good thing to like... I kind of like like take it out. Took it out of my chest, you know. So like there. that's Those, those are my thoughts on YouTube, OTT. And uh, the future of boxing industry, and some local content about Canada and Toronto, and how we rule, man. We can we can pay for some fights. Please tell your friends at like big promotion companies, don't write Canada off. Yes, we're going through some difficult situations with uh, in terms of logistics and borders, but it's the first mover advantage, and there are some very very experienced people who already done some boxing stuff. You know, local promoters, promoters around the country. I don't know. You got to utilize that. You got to at least have those relationships. All right, everybody. This was Samir Azizi from the Azizi podcast. Thank you so much. Subscribe to my Instagram at AZZ slash Twitter slash TikTok slash Triller. I'm even on Triller slash LinkedIn and uh Definitely iTunes store, subscribe to my podcast there. Actually, you don't say subscribe to iTunes anymore. You say follow me on iTunes. Follow me on iTunes and also follow me on Spotify, Twitcher, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I'm on Twitch too. I'm on, I'm everywhere, man. You just type in my Z handle and you will find everything. I'm, I'm actually thinking of getting like a, like a business card and it will say nothing. It will say nothing. It will just say simply at Z and maybe like a QR code. Because if you cannot figure out what this is about, I don't know. It says more about you than about me. Nah, that sounds too cocky. Alright, maybe I'll throw my phone number in there. Alright, this was Samir Azizi. Goodbye, everyone. Have a nice, nice weekend, evening, morning, and afternoon. Adios.